Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well, Shay. I've been heads down working on my new app. So if anybody, you know, this is the early access, maybe we'll put a link in the description (laughs) to the website, but it's coming along, getting some good traction. I love anybody's support, but yeah, I've been being busy with that. Which Definitely. is good. I mean, you, you got to stay busy. You got to stay busy right now. So it's good to know for sure. I got the new job as well. So we're both busy, busy bees right yeah. now, which we still got our time to record the Apex podcast every Tuesday afternoon slash night no doubt. <laughs> going into the future. Uh, we got a fun podcast though today. Today we're talking about the latest and greatest news in Apex Legends and hopefully answering a couple questions as well from Discord and from Apple Five Stars. Uh, but before we dive into that, if you want a question answered on the show, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you'd like, drop us a follow on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and the HB Burson, or follow the podcast at Third Party Pod. I think we're getting active over there, Henry. Getting active. It's been a good <laughs> month for Twitter, at least on the main <laughs> podcast account. We've been coming out with some fire tweets. Uh, <laughs> But I think before we dive into the news, a little update on third-party invitationals. Uh, This last Friday, we had our sixth third-party invitational. It went really good. We had a very impressive win by Team Forced Chemistry, winning first place. And that was Dirtman, Flimsy Steve, and the Game Gamer. The Game Gamer was playing Bangalore and also won the MVP for the tournament. Seriously impressive performance. Um, I, I'm really curious if they could do something like that again uh, because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that level of skill in a long time, I feel like, in our tournaments. I think that was kind of raising the bar. So I love to see it. Um, well, Henry, for the next tournament, though, there's going to be a question of should we see it? Yeah, Shay and I, we're switching things up for the next third-party invitational. So number seven, uh, and now these are monthly. So we're just going, going, going. It's one into the next. We're really excited about it. Um, are we going to have an apex moment where we start stop doing numbers and start doing names instead? Don't tempt <laughs> or are me, Are we going to Super Bowl it, and are we going to just go? Keep going. Should we switch to Roman numerals and keep it going all I the think- way? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be fun no to distractions. Come up with names, Shay. though. Sorry, right, sorry no names. Sorry. So, <laughs> number seven, third party <laughs> invitational. It's going to be March twenty fourth, five p.m. PST check in, five thirty start. Um, mm-hmm. The rules: no kill points. You can play any legends you want. We're going to do three games on Stormpoint, two on Broken Moon. Really excited to see what happens here. I'm not sure yeah. if it's, we're going to see a lot of controllers, like defensive, if people are going to be scanning the beacon, or if people will just say the best way to win is to kill everybody. You know? Yeah. We don't know, mm-hmm. but I think this is a really cool twist. I'm excited about it. The signups will be on Patreon. So all you have to do to sign up, join the Patreon. Signups are there first come, first serve. 
Uh, you can join as a solo, duo, full stack. We don't care. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing you there. It's the creative chaos. We'll see what this no kill points thing does. Uh, we're, we're excited though to kind of play around with it, commentate it, see how it goes. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing everybody's reactions and how the strategy goes. It's going to be great. But with that, let's dive into the news. First piece of news: We got some somber news to start off the show. I will say, EA has laid off 200 plus Apex QA testers via a Zoom call. Reports Kotaku. I believe the number was 207. That was finally reported. Um, quote: As part of our ongoing global strategy, we are expanding the distribution of our Apex Legends testing team and ending testing execution that's been concentrated in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, impacting services provided by our third-party provider. The company said. EA has operated a video game testing center on the LSU campus since 2008. So, always, you know, hearts out. Never good to see people get laid off. Um, quote does make it sound like potentially we'll be getting a testing team in other locations, maybe as well. Obviously, we don't need to go into the politics of the why and stuff, but you know, never, never a great headline to see at any point. <laughs> yeah, the additional information does kind of seem positive, though, in some way that. We're actually expanding the Apex Legends testing team specifically. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of open for part two of this story to come out um, mm-hmm. and see, are we going to get more testing? Yeah, Because um, that's a mm-hmm. really big indicator for kind of what's coming next, how much is in the pipeline. I, I think it's something that we should be looking at. Well, amidst the uh, gaming layoffs, let's also talk about the next piece of news. And last week, esports organization The Guard laid off almost every single employee. Uh, it was reported from the players on the Apex team that they have not yet been released, but have permission to look for other offers uh, for some additional uh, uh, some additional information. The Guard owns a CDL team, uh, the LA Gorillas, and an Overwatch team. Um, and from that side of things, they're, quote, to remain operational until either a suitable buyer can be found for the franchise slots or until the season ends. If a buyer isn't found, both teams would be closed. Henry, we could probably you know, do a whole podcast on the state of esports orgs and thoughts on this and stuff. Obviously, you know, this isn't never something you want to see like our earlier news, um, but not looking great for the esports orgs and kind of a continued story with the apex comp scene of teams having issues to stay relevant and it's no secret we've talked about esports orgs uh, on the pod before and you know how hard it is to be successful as one so it's not the biggest shocker unfortunately yeah Uh, i think we talk a lot about esports and the business behind it off the show um that's Mm -hmm. one of our our pastimes if not you know professions being knowledgeable in the space but uh not being shocked aside, this is still drastic, you know, like mm-hmm. the cutting of the entire company's staff overnight and pretty yeah. much saying these teams are still together, but they're not going to be, not, and we're not investing yeah. anything else into their development is pretty brutal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's somber news, not much else to say about it um, without getting so into the industry at large. 
Yeah, if if you want to like get the if you want to have any kind of you know next steps or insights, I think into maybe if you want to follow something like this on the news cycle is obviously you know we keep tabs on the scenes and see if anybody else you know runs into similar issues. Hopefully not. Uh, you know the guard. I follow CDL pretty closely, and the guard's kind of been known as one of the teams that doesn't spend as much um, from that standpoint, but. You know, watch how this goes. Is there someone else that comes in and buys the guard, and we kind of see an investment still in the space, or are we just going to kind of see it pitter out and maybe you know who knows? But yeah, yeah, not not great news. That's to say the least. <laughs> Definitely not. In happier news, though, Apex Legends is the fourth most watched game on Twitch since the season sixteen launched. The hours watched up almost fifty percent. Henry, 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 Henry. Big Apex season on Twitch by player count and no new legend. Yep. What are what are the thoughts, man? The prophecy that we made is coming true. You know, I, I think <laughs> the timing is correct. The stars have aligned. Um, I think what's surprising is Warzone Two flopped. Yeah, yeah, and it's a big we one. didn't really see that coming uh, before it, you know, was officially released. Um, I thought there would be a little bit more tail, but I think that coupled with the cyclical nature of a free-to-play Battle Royale after Q4 places Apex in a really good position, coupled with the anniversary. Um, we've known, regardless of what content drops, this is going to be a record-breaking season. Thankfully, it has. Um, like I've been saying now for weeks, the big question is, how will retention be this season? especially with mm-hmm. the lack of a map update and the lack of a legend. Um, I'm really holding my breath. Um, I'm kind of nervous about it, but yeah. hoping for the best. And another thing that we were talking about before the show is, Shay, you and I played Titanfall 2. <laughs> and yes, we if we were to go back in time to 2016, 2017, <laughs> and you were to tell us that in the future, in only a few short years, there would be a Fortnite competitor in the Titanfall universe. We wouldn't believe it. But then if you were to no. tell us that that game would thrive for four years, that's mind-blowing. I mean, that's just yeah. such a crazy reality that we're living in that there's a Titanfall 2-based Battle Royale that is thriving four years later still breaking Mm -hmm. records in terms of playership and viewership that is nuts it's really wild like just apex the success of games lately is interesting and the state of games is in a very interesting state as well i think you know you go on social media henry and you see you know a lot of negativity for games right now and that new stuff's not coming on that games aren't great and stuff but when you zoom out and look at what's changed you know since apex and fortnite have come out it, it truly is mind-boggling to see the success of those titles and yeah yeah like you said if you told me a titanfall <laughs> battle royale was going to be competing with fortnite i would have said bs and i am very happy to be very wrong about that line of thinking for sure um but it's it's an interesting time henry i mean like you said warzone not having success right now and I don't know what the signs are of it, you know, kind of coming back up to the top in the near future. Yeah. I think 
a game that we both have our eyes on that is releasing in closed beta next week, I believe, mm-hmm. is the finals. And from the gameplay trailers that I've seen, very fast paced, very yeah. like run and gun, super quick, a Twitch game. I don't think it's going to be widely adopted. I don't think this is going to rival um, you know, any of the established AAA games, but mm-hmm. it's right up our alley. And that's all that I care about. You know, I think that, I loved Hyperscape though, and everybody hated it. I know. So I think this will <laughs> most likely be another Hyperscape-esque thing. It's not a BR, which could be a huge benefit, um, mm-hmm. at least in the short term. So that's something I'm looking at in the space as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But either way, Apex is up right now. Apex is having a strong start to the season and is, as always, a very healthy, strong game. Next piece of news, though, we have some interesting uh, stuff on the input battle. Um, I thought we could talk about this for a little bit, but Shroud came out and saying that Apex, he was pretty much shocked, essentially, and saying that Apex should split up inputs and have separate tournaments for each input on the creator side of things. That mouse and key tournaments should take place and controller tournaments should take place. Um, Or, like how a lot of other games, like Call of Duty, you would have esports is only controller like essentially putting that all together into under one umbrella any initial gut reactions to something like that it's just so beyond me it's not my space (laughs) i I feel now kind of unable to comment on the whole input (laughs) debate because i just don't really get it I don't get up in arms about it. I don't think that mm-hmm. either give you a substantial enough advantage personally. And I'm I'm not a pro player. Like I don't yeah. play 12 hours a day. I don't think about games in general, let alone Apex like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I even deserve to have an opinion anymore because I just I think in the games that I play it doesn't bother me at all. I yeah. just, that's all I got to say. I'll be interested to see like the pros' reactions to these comments because this happened, you know, pretty recently, and so yeah. we haven't really seen uh, people's comments and such in response to it. But I Apex is always one that bewitches me, just in terms of the fact that yeah, I think you and I are both on the same page of like. It's not a big deal. Both have their pros and cons kind of thing. Like it seems to balance out pretty well. You know, there's pros that play MK, there's pros that play controller. I get the concept though of like wanting to put everything professionally under one input. Yeah. Just because it takes away a variable yeah. in competition. And Apex is a weird game in that there are differences between the inputs. There's a lot of games where there's really not difference except for you know, sensitivity on the mouse being like the big one. But there's literally looting boxes, reloading differences, armor swaps, like very odd game-changing movement yeah. differences. Um, and you haven't even talked about aim assist. Aim assist. Yeah. <laughs> all coupled with aim assist. And so it's like, it's a really interesting conversation, I think. And for Apex, I would be fascinated to see them go in that direction um you know it's nice because i am a fan of the cdl and it's nice watching the cdl and 
I have never heard about aim assist mm-hmm. or mouse and key. Like that's just not something that comes up when you talk about comp. And it feels like that's the only thing we talk about with Apex Esports. I think that's a good point. And it w- would sure be nice to just remove that from the equation. Um, you know, I think the reality is it's not the input discussion is not comparable to, you know, the NBA saying you can wear whatever kind of shoes you want. You know, yeah. like th- yeah. there is more of an impact here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't personally think it makes a drastic difference, but there are differences and you never want to end a game or end a fight and say, wow, if we were on the other input, we would have lived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's Definitely. very sportsmanlike, but we just don't even want to hear that. We don't want to think that. Exactly. We don't want to hear that. And so if now four years in, we can't come to a truce, maybe the mm-hmm. solution is separate leagues or pick one. And at the same time, Hal made the switch mm-hmm. to controller. So it's not like we're gonna we're ruining the careers of all these M and K players potentially as well. So it would ruin my career. Uh, it would ruin my career if we had to go. And the not other because direction, I'm a cheater, sure. like a lot of people think. Being on controller, <laughs> I just my left hand dexterity cannot do the. Keyboard, <laughs> all right, I'm an old man. I can't do it. I can't. Like specifically oh, the pinky, man. the pinky on control to crouch, can't do it. Won't ever do it. Just. Give up now. Controller Imagine player. Imagine trying life. to play a game where you had where you had to go prone. Like oh, you had to hit people it. with drop shots forget and it, stuff. Shay. It's, <laughs> I can do it on controller. <laughs> Fair true. True, true. Let's keep the esports theme going. Uh, last piece of news of the day. Hal has kind of released his current recommended ranked comp. So we'll see if this works its way into the esports scene, but this is the current ranked comp to climb, and I want to get your thoughts. For his first pick, the pro recommended Catalyst uh, to take control of areas with ease and really hammered home that if you know how to use the ultimate effectively in conjunction with your team, can be very, very strong. Hal then said, Seer, still a strong pick due to the tracking abilities, aka the ult. And really, this core comp comes down to those two people, and it's the Catalyst Wall Seer ult meta that we've talked about before on this show. And when you change abilities of other legends sometimes older comps that were stronger rise back to the top just by the drop of other comps and this is might be what we're seeing from that standpoint and then for the last legend uh he was making an argument for loba valk or bang kind of saying that you know they all can fit into those comps and they'll be whatever you've played the most is your best course of action so what do you think of a catalyst seer and then insert one of those three legends comps Something we've spent time playing, for sure. Yeah, we have. Um, it's a hot take, I think, honestly, from the CEO. I think he knows it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hot take. <laughs> so I think that was standing. We can unpack it a little bit. I like the Catalyst call. Um, mm-hmm. I am. I like Catalyst. I think her kit offers a lot. It's fresh. It's new. It's defensive, but the ult, like he says, can allow you to be aggressive and play in the open. I wouldn't say she's the meta, especially now since we are on a three-map rotation for split one. I just don't know if that kind of kit is very versatile to different maps. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess 
what I'll say is if we look at pick rate at the highest level, master and prep, mm-hmm. Horizon's still up there. Um, and that, I think, shows you something, that maybe yeah. that was a little bit of a side grade with the speed um, of the tactical, even though we forfeited some accuracy going up the lift. Mm-hmm. Bangalore is absolutely dominating right now in yeah. you know high ranked. So I respect that a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't think I can agree with Catalyst being the meta, but I really like to see her being more popular. I think Seer, not as good anymore, but the ultimate is still incredibly powerful. So I, I don't know what you want me to say to this hot take, Shay. What do you think? Well, I, I think what I'll say about it is it hammers home the strength of the Seer ult. Yeah. Like the CEO it's is there. definitely saying the Seer ult is still worth playing the legend mm-hmm. for. Without a doubt, especially when you pair it with the catalyst ult, that that combo is very strong. And we know that you know, pro players like Hal and very good high level ranked players, a lot of the times their guns are pristine, they don't miss. So it kind of comes down to what, what can I get out of the game with the legends as well? How, how can I get an advantage here? And this is a get an, get an advantage with your abilities comp. Uh, this was said very recently, and like you said, it's a hot take. I agree with you; it's a hot take for sure. Like pick rate does not point to this being quote meta. This is Hal's opinion, uh, not what he's seeing right now. So, I am interested to see if you know after him kind of coming out and saying this, running it himself, if over the next week, two weeks, we we see a bit more of a climb potentially from these two legends, and if a meta, you know, if he has that much influence on the top tiers of the ranked climb. Um, something to just keep an eye out on. That's all I wanted to say. And I, I love the shout out to Loba as well. Yeah. A legend I think we're going to be talking about on Saturday in particular. So totally. Um, yeah, uh, really interesting stuff. That's really my my takeaway at the end of the day. You're very right though in saying like, you know, bangs at the top of the meta, the path at the top of the meta, horizons towards the top, and, and Wraith towards the top mm-hmm. Brazil as well currently. So, you know, it takes a lot for the catalyst seer combo to get to that level. Could we see the catalyst seer combo though have one of those rev octane you know splits? Maybe, maybe. I don't think it's as oppressive as that, uh, so probably not. But it's possible. So we'll monitor. We're going to answer some questions though after hearing a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Okay, let's wrap this show up, Henry. Answering a couple questions here. Uh, you know, we're trying to stay on time nowadays in the podcast, keep episodes at a respectable length and not over an hour each for your time and for ours. And I think we are on track to do that right now. And so I'll kick us off with the first question coming from Discord, coming from that emo. Quote, I've gotten over one kills with crypto and find him fun and strong but lacking as a solo queuer. I feel like he heavily depends on having a good team, especially in ranked, but I also feel like this is his season. Torn on if I should stick with him or start maining Wraith. I've been a player since season zero, and I'm just now starting to starting to play and love her. I've mained Mirage, Path, and Lifeline. Henry, I want to answer this question for like I want you to answer this question for me. I also want you to answer the question for me of like why is crypto, you know, 
being looked at as this is his season. Because I've this is not the first time I've seen this. I'm seeing this on social media all the time. And I'm seeing people say the class shift was a buff for crypto. We've talked about it a little bit on some pods, but there's a lot of crypto love right now, it seems like. Pick rates up in high lobbies also. I attribute the crypto love to the fact that we're just seeing more crypto because crypto is free for the first week of the season. I, um, I don't personally feel like the recon is a huge buff, but I'm not complaining. I, I think crypto mm-hmm. is a really fun character, very hard to play. I agree with that emo lacking that solo queue capability. Um, 100%. We got a episode in the pipeline that's kind of talking more about why that is. On Saturday, we'll be talking about you know solo queue legends, uh, which, spoiler alert, crypto is not. Um, <laughs> but you know the, the real question here is, can I recommend you switch from a crypto main to a wraith main? I don't think Henry's ever going to endorse a Wraith player. Hell no. (laughs) No, I cannot. There are some really good solo legends. Um, I think just like comparing crypto to Wraith, crypto is such a technically difficult legend because Mm -hmm. you are completely on your own in anything close quarters. Um, Your mobility is lacking. You have no offensive or defensive. Mm-hmm. aspects of your kit aside from the ultimate that really requires you to not only have the drone but position it and be on your iPad not fighting not shooting not running <laughs> so it's very difficult Wraith is a lot more reactive a lot simpler and easier to execute um, so I think it's a big shift honestly uh, from a main perspective it's definitely a shift I mean the fact that this question is coming from someone that has mained Mirage, Path, and Lifeline mm-hmm. as well. That Path play and even that Mirage play a little bit, I yeah. think, will attribute to Wraith if you do want to make that switch. Um, I would recommend you making a switch, though, away from Crypto if you're solo queuing. As much as I love him, I have the Heirloom, I'm a huge fan, but Henry nailed it. He's not a very solo-friendly legend. Um I am more Wraith friendly than Henry is. I think she's uh, solid, fun to play. So you can make that switch. It is going to be a it's going to be a big one uh, in terms of play style. If you feel good about Path, though, you'll probably feel okay on Wraith. But I also wouldn't just put out of the you know, switch into being a Path main again. Is a very valid thing to do right now, and that's who I'm really maining this current season. So. Uh, that would be my my personal recommendation. And throw Mirage in there. Yeah. A lot of good thoughts. <laughs> um, next question coming from the Discord. Ashed, what do you think was the most subtle yet effective balancing change to a weapon or legend? And what do you think was the most heavy-handed and ineffective change so far? This is such a fun question. And I had one thing that came straight to my mind when I read this. And it kind of goes both ways because it was given and then taken away. And I think that this change, while none of the changes are subtle to you and I, we're diving into the nitty gritty of everything. But I think to most people, it was subtle. And that was the big havoc changes. I think the way they adjusted the havoc early on to essentially create it to be a weapon that 
didn't need attachments and was strong off the ground with integrated turbocharger and making those changes, which were just kind of, I think, pretty little small things, generally speaking, in relation to the grand scape of Apex Legends balancing, then for that gun to essentially go from nothing to having a very serious role, being a meta weapon for a while there, and then being readjusted essentially back the opposite way to being a gun that nobody ever uses again. Yeah. I think if we're talking about subtle, effective maybe isn't like, it's not effective. It was effective positively and negatively, but it was effective. Yeah, it was very <laughs> simple in that you just built the attachments into the gun and then it became yeah. really, really good. I think that was the season five Havoc. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good answer. Um, you got anything though? comes to your mind i'm thinking about the second question there's so much history here that we could go on and on and on about weird (laughs) balancing decisions and really good balancing decisions Mm -hmm. one of the random ones that sticks out to me which i was really kind of i don't want to say disgusted because that's a really (laughs) extreme but i was just kind of weirded out by it was the season six change to Bangalore and Gibraltar, where they just flipped their cooldowns on the ultimates. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I thought that was so unnecessary as a nerf to Gibraltar and so like unnecessary for a Bangalore buff. Like, there were, yeah. you could have done more to each if you had the mm-hmm. objective of buffing or nerfing. And the result at the time, I don't think was effective at all so i just i thought that was a really weird one i I wasn't disgusted by it okay i just didn't know what to say so i said that he had no Um, comment yeah (laughs) i just i remember at the time that was really weird and even looking back historically you know 10 seasons later that one still was weird maybe i just felt like it was lazy it was (laughs) it was a weird change i think yeah heavy-handed but ineffective is a hard line of thinking to like i'm almost thinking about the the second lifeline rework essentially when you when you go at reworking a legend and then it doesn't change anything which i believe i'm thinking of like two times that's maybe happened in apex like pretty egregiously that's probably considered a heavy-handed change that's ineffective like when you're spending a lot of time and resources going through and doing everything only for you know, to have to go rework again yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Another subtle but effective that comes to mm-hmm. my mind is Revenant got a lot of changes, but yeah. the really horrible Revtain meta that we had for a couple seasons, it felt yeah. like, was kind of solved by a simple change, it felt like, where Wraith's portal you couldn't activate abilities once being in the or you couldn't i can't remember the exact wording but that's the point of the subtlety (laughs) yeah it was super subtle because you could still use abilities while in death protection i can't remember exactly what it was either henry there was Was something there that pretty much killed it but it wasn't just that one change and it was related specifically to ultimate abilities wasn't it a change to Wraith's ultimate specifically? That yeah, only impacted the Rev 
Mm-hmm. Like her That's combo was. was Rev. So it was a nerf to Rev by changing Wraith, which I think yep. answers the question of subtlety. I don't remember the exact wording though, right? Now we'd have to go search And the it worked. Notes. I just yeah. remember it really worked and we haven't really seen Revenant in the meta since. Even after, you know, the changes to the sound on the ultimate, I don't really think yeah. that was it. Even ultimate limited climbing. Yeah. <laughs> like that change when he got his heirloom, I don't think that was as effective as that one Wraith change. Well, if uh, two mentions of the Revtain meta on this podcast was on your bingo card, cross that one off. You're all winners. <laughs> uh, last question, a five-star question coming from Winning. I love the show, but I'm struggling with my gameplay. I have okay aim, and I know my playstyle is pretty aggressive as a pathy main. I was just looking for a tip for finding out what I'm doing wrong. Thanks. Henry, how would you help maybe a you know, okay aim, aggressive, pathy main to you know improve their gameplay yeah it's hard to know we don't have all the information here but i think the one thing blanket statement that i can offer is apex is a team game and if you're playing a pathfinder i kind of have to assume that you know an aggressive pathfinder means maybe you're grappling away from your team um stick with your team and i think you're going to have a lot more success especially if you feel like the gun skill is there um I don't know. You got any good advice? I think no. I think generally speaking, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have less. Oh my god, I'm the best moments if you cut back the aggression, but you're probably gonna raise your floor a little bit more. Um, and so, you know, figuring out that balance is something to spend time looking at. You know, being a path main is hard because you have to decide when to be aggressive, and you can be very aggressive with a good grapple. And so. You know, if it's to finish a knock to grapple on somebody, if it's to get somebody that's one shot and their teammates aren't nearby, you got a lot to read around you. So I would generally say just as a Pathfinder player, just be conscious of the fact that when you use your grapple, you're either going in or you're getting out. And if you use it to go in, you're not getting out. So you have to have team support to be able to follow you quickly, or you have to be going in for a very, very good reason. So. Just be cautious with the grapple. That's what I'll say. Good advice. That's going to wrap up the podcast, though. Thank you so much to our producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop us a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.